Hey y'all, and welcome back to another podcast of It's All Good. I am here with my dad, and he is so excited to talk to y'all. I hope you've had a good week. I'm getting ready to go back to school. I know a lot of other people are as well. So welcome, dad. Glad to be here, sweetie. <laughs> okay, so dad, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, Meryl, I am 51. I am married to my lovely wife, Anne, and you are my eldest and a student at Alabama. And then uh, I have a son, your younger brother, Jeb, who is um, a rising sophomore at Woodbury Forest School in Virginia. Um, I grew up in Springville. Um, I have a dental practice in Argo, and your mom and I and our family live in Trustful, and um, you, as your mom teaches in Trustful, and I went to Altamont um, School in Birmingham for high school, and then on to Hampton Sydney College in Virginia, and then graduated from um, University of Alabama Dental School. Thank you, and I'm sure y'all are wondering, like, why is this girl's just, like, dad on this show? Well, he has been a dentist for a long, long time now, and I know that he has gone, seen him go through it. He's been really inspirational to me, getting up every day, going through everything that the people on the front lines of corona go through, um, literally being in the face of exposure every single day. Um, so I'm really excited for him to talk. Um, I wanted to share my high and low of the week. So my high is being able, dad hates this question, so he decided to pass on this question, but that's okay. So my high was being able to go down to Tuscaloosa to move my boyfriend in and seeing my wonderful friend, Jasmine. She's on color guard with me. I love her so much. I got to eat with her and um, catch up with her. And my low is that I move out on Friday and I'm going to miss my family so much. Dad's nodding. He's been emotional. Um, Got me leaving. All right. So let's go ahead and dive in. So, tell me about why you started wanting to be a dentist. Um, Originally, I was interested in dentistry. I had a cousin um, in Pensacola who uh, was a practicing dentist, and he had a very, very nice lifestyle, and um, ironically, of course, was not married, Um, but that sparked the interest, and then we, we were... Well, I befriended him. Um, but as I went through high school and college, I ended up majoring in business and ended up with a degree in economics and realized after getting out into the workforce for a year or two that that was not my passion, that dentistry was. And so it was, it was very much like, you know, do what makes you happy and, and the money will follow. And so I quickly found out that to be in the business or the um, sales work environment was, was not meant for me, but um, dentistry was. So I went back to back to dental school. And that was deep, Dad. Do what, do what your heart wants to do and I'm the money trying. will follow. Uh, well, yeah, we're, we're trying. And <laughs> so, um, so I did. And so... You know, I was one, one, not the oldest, but one of the older students in the dental class and um, thankfully graduated and very blessed to have a thriving practice now that can support our family and, and our needs and, and wishes for the most part. 
yeah that's awesome so he is too humble to say this but I when I went on my medical mission trip to Mexico it was actually him that wanted me to go because I've always had an interest in medicine you know I used to um stay up when I was seven years old like reading his biology books from college and um and he took me to Mexico and was like you need to figure out if this is really what you want to do because it's a lot of school a lot of hours you know and that kind of stuff and I've seen him work on that school bus that was transformed into an operating room um I talked about that a little bit on my last podcast but I've seen him work hours and hours you know until late into the night when we come back from working um at the clinic or the prison or wherever and like we're literally eating dinner about to go to sleep and he's still working so I know that he's very passionate um and caring as a dentist and as a father so let's talk about corona a little bit I know well I mean Merrill was interested in science and anatomy and medicine at an incredibly early age and she I can literally remember her sitting in my lap and us going through college level anatomy books and she was just enthralled and I, I couldn't figure out you know I, I, I just couldn't wrap it around my head so and then finally the opportunity came you know I've been going on medical mission trips for for almost 20 years and it, the opportunity came up came up and she was old enough to um to go with me and I was like, well, let, let's let, let's see the crap hit the fan. Let, 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 <laughs> let, let, let's let's see what's really going to happen here. And I prayed. That was that was my prayer. And it was because I knew she was going to see a lot of blood and a lot of surgery. And you know, I, I said, dear God, one or two things: I want her to be passionate, or I want her to be so sick and thrown up that she cannot handle it. And it will shut or open those doors. And I, I will never forget in Mexico when she was three inches, or no, not three inches, maybe six inches over an opened back. And she didn't even have a mask on. Oh my and, gosh, that's so bad to say now, Dad. No, and, <laughs> and the nurse that was helping me with dentistry, Ann Walls, credit, I love you, um, said, you know, Brett, can I please go put a mask on Meryl? And I said, for God's sake, please. (laughs) Yes. Um, that was an incredible trip and an incredible moment. And I know that's where I found my motivation to keep going through being a chemistry major and, you know, those long hours of studying, et cetera. So I was going to ask, so has, Corona and what it looks like to be a dentist shifted your motivation to get up in the morning and go into the thing that you love to do. Well, I mean, I, I love, I love what I do, and um, I love. I am so blessed to have an amazing group of ladies that that work with me, and through Corona, like our cohesiveness and 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 team effort has like been nothing but amplified so many times over but um and for the most part patients have been so supportive and uh, you know obviously a few patients you know understandably kind of holding back and waiting until some things you know pass through but you know we were not technically shut down but effectively shut down for about four or five weeks which was the first time in 20 years of practicing that had ever happened so um that are blessed now to be literally busier than ever and booking out 
like literally a couple of months out. So, um, I don't know. Does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you started mentioning it on this question, but will you walk us through the timeline of like when Corona hit, when you were shut down? Like, what did that timeline look like for you? Well, in, in March, I mean, we were, uh, like I said, not technically shut down, but very limited in procedures, what we could do. Basically, we were told our job were to keep patients out of hospitals and to relieve pain and suffering, swelling, bleeding, etc. And that was it. And, um, and so that time came and passed. And then, um, you know, and then now... We're in a time where really this virus is affecting our region so many more times than it was then that, I mean, not being judgmental, but I mean, I think we could have practiced easily through that time, but almost effectively now closely being shut down. But um, but anyway, that, that is not my decision to be made, and I'm following my rules. So. <laughs> Yes, of course. Okay, and will you walk us through what it's looked like as a dad and as a husband during this timeline? Um, I know how strong your work ethic is, um, so especially during those, like, four or five weeks where, like, y'all were, like, effectively shut down, as you said. You know, what was your experience like and what was your relationship with Christ like before, during, after? Tell me about that. Well, that is quite a question, so... <laughs> Um, during those four or five weeks, I was blessed to have, um, a couple of the ladies at the office, um, come in taking turns a couple days a week, handling patient emergencies, et cetera. Um, so that we, we were making sure that patient needs were taken care of. And then in the home environment, um, my wife, Ann was teaching, trustful students um online and you know she had her big chalkboards or you know and then um she was also Mm. trying to help um our son jeb you know finish up woodbury classes and and meryl was also finishing up classes online and i was for the first time in my life unemployed and lost and and so many emotions that I'd never experienced before and and there's so many that are still experiencing those emotions that that I'm really empathetic to yeah that's awesome um so I know that we've talked a lot about um how much faith you have to have right now um so what does it look like for you as a follower of Christ to walk through this um, from start to finish. I mean, we're not really even at a finishing point, but I know you and I have talked about, we, you and I are both very planner-oriented, very type A, um, very like to know what's going to happen. Things are the way they are. And so this has really rocked our OCD-type mind. So talk a little bit about that. Well, when when we were initially effectively shut down, I told or I texted and, and talked to 
one of my good friends from church and said, I never knew how much for granted I took work and, um, and attending church in person and that I would never fuss about getting up and going to church or, or going to work again or whatever. And he hasn't for the record. Yes. And, um, and how thankful I am for those opportunities now. And, you know, and, and along those same lines, I, I don't, you know, I, I, I struggle like everyone in my faith and, and belief, but as, as a believer, you know, in, in these times of political strife and racial strife and, um, COVID strife, you know, I, I literally, if someone is, is not a person of faith, I, I don't see how he or she has the motivation to get up every day and, and go about his or her day. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you started talking about, you know, getting up out of the bed. I know um, I've heard a little bit about the logistics of being a dentist right now, but tell me what a day and your life logistically at work looks like for you now? And like, what are some of the changes that have been made because of this virus? Uh, we are, well, as I said, we're fortunate that the state board of dental examiners gave us along with the CDC gave us some, some recommendations and mandates. And not only we are we adhering to what we were before, but um, it is, three, four, and five times more than we were before. Um, it is um, rooms being wiped down, disposable plastic everywhere. It is gowns that are disposable. It's certain level masks. I mean, I'm sure most people don't know, but there are actually three and four level of masks. And so I'm required to use a certain level mask for some procedures and a certain level mask and in combination with the make uh, with the face shield for others and there's some procedures that we still cannot do but we we are as dentists and literally in the top tier like the top five percent of 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 the highest um the most high riskiest professions to be in mainly because we're creating water um aerosol but mm -hmm. you know and we're adapting and like i said the ladies the staff has been amazing our patients have been really supportive um just very thankful for the most part and seeing the seeing the changes that we have been made and saying that they feel comfortable and that makes me feel feel very good yeah that's awesome you're literally just reading re leading right into my next question so um, what have your patients been feeling? Do you have any specific stories? I know you tell us when you come home, um, that it's a spectrum of feeling about the virus and everything going on in the world as well. So what have you been sensing of those patients? Well, it's, it's like you said, it's been a spectrum. It's been, you know, sometimes you're, you're just a listening, um, ear. And, um, I mean, I certainly have my own opinions and sometimes I share them and 
sometimes my opinions change, but I've heard literally everything from I've had a patient or two that to come see me to get their teeth clean is the first it, it's not the first time but like the first two or three times they've been out of their house since March and like it, that just rattles my brain and then I have other patients that are telling me once the elections are over then all this is going to be nothing I have other patients that are so re- very respectful to wear a mask in our office but outside of that saying that they're not wearing masks and this is nothing but the flu and you know so I mean it is everything across the board and so you just try to I, I don't think anyone is confident in the news sources the scientific sources their beliefs you know in what truly is out there and they're trying in their own individual situation to be safe and keep their family safe. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what are some of the positive things to come out of this in your office? I know you've talked about um, how positive your ladies have been, how hardworking. So talk a little bit about that. Well, I mean, I, I am... I mean... In, indebted to the patients that have supported me in the office and I mean they, they're wonderful they're coming out in droves to, to support us and um, financially emotionally I've even got a couple of patients bringing us fresh fruit and vegetables regularly and I mean it, it's just I mean, we're just blessed in so many ways and then like I said I mean a group of women that work with me that I, I, I'm so blessed to to have and and then at home, I mean, there've been there've been, you know, out of this tragedy. I mean, there've been wonderful blessings and curses, but most, but a lot of blessings, you know, at at home to come out of this this COVID nightmare. Yeah, I don't know if y'all can hear, but there are like the night sounds are starting to go on. I'm actually recording this on Sunday night, but it'll come out on Monday. Um, but our family has started having porch time outside, which. Honestly, before Corona hit, I only remember coming out on our back porch before, like when we had company over, and now it's just an every night thing, and it's definitely going to be one of the things that I miss the most about being home, is just coming together and having conversation about our day before we all go our separate ways to go to sleep, Um, so... It's been really, really amazing. And I asked Dad where he wanted to record, and he said, well, why not just right here? Just pull your chair around. I was like, oh, well, that would be great. Um, So what has been the most difficult thing for you to push through or the hardest moment of this whole journey? Oh, that's hard. Um. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I guess, I, I guess the uncertainty. I guess, you know, as I've told your mom, like how I'm probably working, you know, one half to two thirds, technically as much as I was before, but how I'm two and three times tired, or more tired every day, and I think she is anticipating what's coming up in her teaching school year about being the very very similar to that um 
you know, and I, I think there's so much uncertainty and, you know, it's a concern for our children who I, I certainly have patients that, and it freaks me out, that are 60 years old, like 10 years older than I am. And they're talking about that they don't need this procedure because, you know, they're not going to live that much longer. And I'm like, are you kidding me? But, you know, my concern is at this point not for my wife and me, but but is for our children and grandchildren. That's so sweet. Um, so how has your view of God changed throughout this journey? I don't know that my view of God has changed. I, I know that um, that my um, my strength and faith has changed, and that I'm clinging to Him literally every day, in every day, like all of us are in uncertainty, because. Um, I mean, I, I I pray and I know that there is someone in charge of all this madness that's going on in this country and this world, and um, and I'm so glad that I'm not in charge of it, <laughs> and that there is someone else um, greater than me that is in charge. And for the people that don't have a faith, I I'm, I, I really I don't see how they're motivated to to get out of bed in the morning. Yeah, I agree. Is there anything else that you want to say before we close? No, I mean, just, just, I mean, how blessed I am and uh, to have a wonderful uh, practice and family and friends and, you know, and how we've all grown closer in the midst of all, all this craziness. And as we're trying to resume, you know, I've been back in the office, but, you know, as... Ann goes back to teach, and Meryl goes back to Alabama, and Jeb goes back to Woodbury, and there's a lot of uncertainty, and we're just going to all kind of plug through and um, kind of roll with it one day at a time. And I pray for their health and safety, and um, and and um, and the upcoming election, and um, that God's will be done. That's awesome. Well, thank you all for listening to It's All Good, episode number two. And thank you, Dad, for being so honest and open um, with your words and with your time. So thank you so much. Um, If you want to find me, my Instagram is underscore Meryl, M-E-R-R-I-L-L, underscore Ruth, R-U-T-H. Thank you all so much again for listening. And I cannot wait to... Talk to y'all next week. I hope y'all have the best week. Bye.